0: Welcome to ZulcanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only.
1: Welcome to Soul Conicast episode 49, Plateaus. I'm one <laughs> of your
0: hosts, Hannah Wadovan. And I'm Lucia Hawley, nutritional therapy practitioner, owner of EssentialOmnivore.com, running my nutrition practice out of Soul Conno Wellness. Welcome to the cast. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. The cast.
1: Hope your week's been treating you well. Yeah. Last night we... I was cooking like up a storm Mm -hmm. baking some chicken thighs and making some cabbage which i'm addicted to now yeah sure are um and making my first stab at at banana bread Mm -hmm. with bananas coconut flour eggs and a little bit of baking soda Mm -hmm. a couple of spices cinnamon salt that's it boom it was amazing. Yeah. But the, everything got really hot because the ovens were on. Yeah. The stove was on. After that, we turned on the fan. <laughs> Just like watched American Gods <laughs> under the cool breeze. There you go. Drank some iced tea. There
0: you go. Yeah. that was great. That was really good. Um, How was your trip last week? My trip was really good. Anyone who's uh, listening right now, because if you're hearing this, you're listening. I'm wearing my orthotic for the first episode so far so you know roll with it what do you guys think does it sound <laughs> uh, it's just, i get tired wearing this like talking it i have to work tiring. so hard to enunciate that's why i've been taking i've been like kind of slacking on wearing it you're not supposed to take it out for more than two hours a day and they'll be like four hours or more you sleep with it in though right yeah which is very helpful so anyway my trip was really good Super relaxing. Definitely a vacation.
1: You guys don't even know that Lucia was on a trip because we've had uninterrupted podcast episodes because we pre-recorded some. It's like we were doing
0: it right. Yeah, but she was actually <laughs> gone last week. I was. To visit the Boif. Yeah, it was good. He's good. His back hurts. He like, he uh, had a muscle spasm in his back and he's never had that before, but it was because he was moving too much furniture That sounds himself. right. Yeah, right? Like likely to happen then, so... Um, it was low key and it was really relaxing. And hey. I met his dog. And you just gotten a dog. The dog was super Aww. sweet. Cute. Really good dog. Did you? Are you moving in with him when you got there? Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: mm-hmm. that's intimidating. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. You'll be fine. I moved in with Josh after like
0: three months of dating. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so when you're crazy, you're crazy. Yeah. You gotta do. what You gotta do. That's right. Um, speaking of crazy, <laughs> let's talk about plateaus. What? Because Wait, I, I have like a
1: question before we get into this. I have a question for you that I've been wanting to ask
0: you. I was going to say because I feel like they drive people
1: crazy. They do. <laughs> okay,
0: what's your question? <laughs>
1: Is there such a thing as eating too much fiber? Yeah. Okay.
0: Not from what you're doing, though. Because... <laughs> I- <laughs> well, There's, okay, let me let me disclaim. If you're going to do something like eat a bunch of sunflower seeds that are in their like seed form you know the kind of be like like chew them up and then like spit out what they yeah. don't eat some people do that and they don't spit out that outer hull and they'll just swallow it because you can chew it and it's not a problem to swallow it if you were to eat like five pounds of that that would be a problem okay i have heard tales of people who have had to go in for like gut surgery because they basically have like a hair ball like a fiber ball that they can't Excel. okay okay so I'm I guess what, what I'm, that I'm saying
1: <laughs> no I guess what I'm saying is I've re- recently introduced both flaxseed and hemp hearts mm-hmm. into my diet and I made like a flaxseed hemp heart pudding which I really liked yeah because it sort of like thickens up and it's naturally sweet mm-hmm. I don't know why mm-hmm. but it, it thickens up it's good put a little fruit on there and then like I've had hemp hearts in my dandy blend in the morning
0: mm-hmm. and I I feel like maybe I'm going to poop more than normal. You probably are, because you're probably getting a bigger bulk through your system. But yeah. I would say as long as there isn't um, pain. No. Or spasming nope. of your gut. More just like, wow, I'm really, really regular. Yeah, that's great. That's typically probably how we all should be pooping. Having pooped that. Like multiple times a day, huh? Oh. Uh-huh. OK. okay.
1: All right, well, then this is a new experience for me.
0: (laughs) Hannah's poops are doing great. Everybody, don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, I just ordered some chia seeds, so I will be really pooping. I will say I feel like most people can handle chia or flax. If you can't, then like you probably have some more of like a major gut thing that you already know about. Um, Psyllium seed husk and psyllium seed husk powder there are it's a binder people use that as an egg replacement similar to how they use flax and chia that i will say people can overdose on mm-hmm. or do too much of pretty quickly yeah uh, my, i had an experience with that where i made a beautiful batch of gluten-free cookies and they were had such a great texture and they were egg-free and i used psyllium seed husk to bind them and i was like cool i gonna just have them get my fiber in not a problem you, it's really hard to just eat one cookie so I had, like, <laughs> half of the batch, and if I had just had had the one cookie, it would have been just enough fiber, but half a batch of psyllium seed husk-bound chocolate chip cookies. It was very uncomfortable and yeah. qu- honestly quite painful. So um, that would be the one thing that I would have people, okay. that people might be purchasing in the store, that I would say, just be aware, you probably don't want to have more of that than a serving. Okay,
1: great. It, yeah. Honestly, it might have also been the fact that I reintroduced almonds. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that was... I don't know that it it's a good fit for me mm-hmm. to eat almonds. My eyes were very itchy for like yeah. four days. Yeah. And I just felt like a little bit more digestion unhappy.
0: Yeah, just noticing your digestion more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I ate a ton of almonds on that retest, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So... We'll see. And that's the type of food, I mean, and Hannah and I were talking about this before. Hannah's brought back eggs. She's brought back almonds to some degree. She's been testing these around. Eggs and what you're doing, that's what I do. I eat eggs when they come up here and there, but they're not a staple protein. Yeah, I don't force them on myself. Like, I used to just eat them all the time. Yep. Like, it's probably six a day. Yeah. And same with almonds. If almonds are in something, I'm not truly allergic, so that's not a problem. But, right. like, having a thing of almond butter, I can't – I go ham on that. And yeah. then that leads to a stomach – like, a, a legitimate, like, aching digestive system. For that's, me. Yeah, that's so. what I'm
1: thinking, is that it'll just be – like, for example, I was just telling Lucia that I'm going to my parents' house for 4th of July, and my mom told me that she's going to make, like, dips and stuff that I can eat, and – um, but that she – you know, she's from Amory, Wisconsin. There's no, like, the grocery store doesn't have paleo stuff. They have gluten-free stuff. <laughs> yeah. But even gluten-free stuff like rice flour does not really sit well with me.
0: It's still going to be processed. Yeah,
1: all that stuff. So I went online and bought my own um, paleo crackers yep. that are that are almond meal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's okay. That'll be not that bad. Yep. As long as I don't eat the whole dang box. Right. That's the problem. Well, hey, bringing them to a party. Yeah, my whole family will be there. So they'll be be gone quickly. Where were we going with that? Well, anyway, okay. (laughs) I just needed to ask you that
0: personal question. That's great. Yes, always do. Anyone, if you have questions, I'll answer them on the air. Yeah, don't worry, guys. You just have to call in and ask about your poop frequency. And then we'll answer any of your questions. I know our number one uh, caller, Felipe, he's so good at listening. And um, feel free to call back in. With whatever question you might have. <laughs> I mean, to anyone, but especially you, buddy. Yeah, especially <laughs> you. Uh, so today we're talking about
1: plateaus, mm-hmm. which when we asked the question online, do you have any questions about plateaus, everyone just said, yeah, how can I not have that? <laughs> don't want it.
0: Don't want Don't want to be near it. Don't want to be in it. Don't want to be on it. So what does it mean when you really hit a plateau? Well, should we define what a plateau actually yeah. is? All right. A plateau is a state of little or no change following a period of activity or progress. Right. And in this case, we're talking about a plateau in your
1: training and a plateau in likely in your weight loss or like body. Yeah. Or nutrition. Nutrition. Yep. Composition stuff. Yep. So we're going to tackle those. How do you avoid it? What happens when you're on it? How to move through it? Mm hmm.
0: The first thing I want to say, and maybe I'll just start. The um, first thing I want to say is that a plateau is not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Taj, like, insert some. Add, like, a boy voice. <laughs> <this. laughs> it's not necessarily a bad thing, and typically it's your body responding in its own way and, and like, with its own time frame. Right? I think mentally we have... Such we put so much pressure on our bodies to do what we want them to do when we want them to do it, and they might be doing their own thing on their own time, and that might be the better choice. Mm. (laughs) The body can be smarter than the brain, even though the brain is housed in the body. So Prove it. That's my disclaimer for plateaus is we'll talk about ways to manage them and maybe mitigate them, but like they're they don't have to be a bad thing. It's okay to be in a plateau. Yes. Okay. It can just be you can almost consider it a different time frame than your mental time frame. Yes. So, um, ooh, okay, plateaus from a dietary and nutritional standpoint, I, I will mostly be talking about it from like a weight loss perspective or even a weight gain from more of like a body composition change perspective because that's, for the most part, what people are thinking that's, about. Well,
1: that's where they end up thinking that they've had a plateau mm-hmm. is when they can't quite – Reach the composition that
0: they've wanted. Right. So let's say that you are trying to lose weight. You're trying to lose body fat. And you've been doing a program that's been working for you. And maybe in the beginning of the program, you lost a lot of weight really quickly. and felt really good. And then you recognize that after that, your weight loss started to slow down. And you also recognize that that was probably pretty appropriate. Yep. So you're down to maybe losing a pound or so a week. Something that is not a huge stressor on the body. After you've done that for a month maybe or two your body stays at the same weight one week and then the next week and then you freak out and then you go up and by then you go up a pound up. and then you start to weigh yourself more than once a week and then you're weighing yourself every day and then you're weighing yourself twice a day twice a day and then you're freaking out because you're seeing the scale going all around and you're noticing now that it's going up and it's going down Yep. So first things first is that weight loss, even weight gain, but we're talking about weight loss, is not going to be a linear trajectory, okay? There's going to be ebb and flow. If you were to plot it out on a graph, in general, there would be a general trend, okay, that you can uh, get from your little markers of the scale, weight, or measurements, or whatever. But... It's not going to be linear because our bodies are not linear and there's that battle again between the mind and what the body's going to be doing. So just know that. First things first is if you have committed to a certain way of eating, whether it's lower calorie or it's a different macronutrient slant and that is what has, or you've taken out inflammatory foods and that has been the impetus to propel you towards this weight loss goal, okay, first things first, are things actually the same? Is your current way of eating the same as when you first started whatever this program is? Have certain factors changed? You slacking off a little bit? Slacking off or have you just gotten used to what you're doing and you're no longer giving it the same attention that you used to give it? Right? So I think that can happen kind of 8 out of 10 times is that we get comfortable with a program and then we don't realize if that program starts to shift and change. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're not eating the same type of breakfast foods. Maybe our sleep schedule has changed. Maybe we're in a new phase of life where that old way of achieving our goal is no longer working and we're mad at it. Instead of understanding that if you break it down, your different inputs have now changed and you're still expecting the same output. Right. Right. So here are some different things I want people to think about. Consistency, time, The stressors, that could include sleep, emotional, spiritual, or physical. And then the different foods that are coming in. Hey, that sounds pretty familiar to what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) No way. So time, first and foremost, if you've hit a plateau, give yourself more time. Give yourself at least two more weeks doing exactly what you're doing before you decide it's a plateau. Okay. After that, or actually really during that, Be, get honest with yourself if something has changed. Is there a new stressor in your life? Are you not able to go to the gym the way you were before? Have you, because maybe you're eating less food, have you down-regulated how much low intensity activity you're getting because you're now eating less food and your body's sending you signals that it should be moving around less. Whereas in the beginning, you had more energy and you were naturally walking around more, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, is there a different macronutrient slant to the foods you're eating? Maybe you've chosen to eat a lot of really high quality foods and that worked in the beginning and you felt weight loss or weight gain, whatever, just from the quality, from the lack of inflammation that's occurring in your body, what your body is flushing out. Maybe you need to be paying attention to those macronutrients. Maybe it's been so fun that you're able to get in more calorically rich foods. If you couple that, with maybe walking around less, it's going to make sense that there might be a plateau there, or mm-hmm. what might feel like a plateau. Okay, <sighs> macros, calories, all this can also get to an area where I feel like it starts to get really like touchy. People yes. <laughs> like any any type of a plateau. I feel like I know as people get really touchy, they feel like they're bad. They feel like they're doing something wrong, or they feel like what they're doing is not working for them, and their body's broken. <laughs> Your body's not. 90% of the time, your body's not broken. Your body's just responding to a whole host of inputs. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I feel like I don't wanna talk about this too much because I feel like Hannah, you're gonna be talking about it too. Um, but my main takeaway would be, okay, if you feel like you're in a plateau and you've kind of tightened back up on the food, you're going back to what worked for you before. In addition, start to think about consistently getting the same amount of low- Um, low stress exercise that you did before so maybe throughout this whole weight loss game give yourself an end date too right so you can stop freaking out Mm -hmm. it's not just always going to be a number on the scale maybe you're giving yourself a set amount of time to get some sort of a goal but give yourself consistency So what is my food consistency and what is my activity consistency? Maybe it's getting that 10,000 steps a day, right? Sure. Yeah, that works well for a lot of people. You're just doing it. It's a no-brainer. And that's a really good way to gauge instead of being like, well, I'll, I'll move around the same amount of time. And then on Sundays and Saturdays, you're sitting on the couch all day. And Monday through Friday, you're zooming around, super stressed out, and you don't have time or energy to do anything on the weekends. Right? Right. So cut yourself some slack, but be honest with what your structure is throughout the week and try to find as much consistency as you can. Um, I think that can go a long way. And same with foods. Get the quality checked. And then people are going to try to get through a plateau in so many different ways. And I'm trying to speak about all this so broadly, so I hope it's not confusing, but... Stick to what you were doing before. If it didn't work, double check your consistency. Yeah, and then like, start to tweak.
1: If you're, I mean, because even just for myself in the beginning of this retweak process, I mean, I was super conservative about what I was eating because, you know, I needed to make sure I wasn't getting any allergens in. And then once I got through that reset period, I started to play around with adding new foods back in and including things like going out of my way to get... Um, cassava flour so i could make pancakes because i've been really craving pancakes for the last two months and that's like you know if i'm eating that and then i start eating that regularly well now i'm adding in a more processed food that is going to be more carb heavy it's a new input yeah in different degrees might just slow down my my digestion a little bit because it's pretty thick and dense and Mm -hmm
0: harder to digest because it's processed so even though in one structure right from like a hypoallergenic standpoint yeah. it's really appropriate. Yeah it still
1: fits all of my standards but it, but it's not quite as pure mm-hmm. as, the fir- as in the beginning so if I went back to that very pure way of eating mm-hmm. again um, I might jolt myself into losing a couple more pounds and then you know relax again and mm-hmm. you know so on and
0: so forth Right. I think a lot of times people need to understand that this is a longer process if yeah. you see, you can't compare it to a crash diet because a crash diet is likely going to yo-yo you. Right. And you're going to bounce back from it and still be in a point that you're um, uncomfortable with, whatever your goal might be.
1: I think sometimes people who lose a drastic amount of weight are understand more so how long that, that process takes than people who are trying to lose five pounds. Mm-hmm. Because people who are trying to lose five pounds expect it to be a week. oh like five pounds I'll just lose that in a week I mean sure you can lose five pounds of water weight in a week but you have to upload the water first and then cut the water and then you're gonna get it back the next week Mm -hmm. but people who lose like over a hundred pounds and they knew it took them 18 months yeah of changing their life like they understand that it's a a longer time period
0: and it's really it's a it's a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. in the short term what is your short term is it gonna be four weeks is it gonna have to be 18 months That's gonna change depending on the person and what they're looking for. But you can't just expect to change how you're eating one day and have it not just be a drop in the bucket. Because one day is just a drop in the bucket of your life. Sure is. So that's what I have to say about plateaus. Just you gotta be honest with yourself. Write things down. Understand it's gonna come down to quality of food, quantity of food. Of the quantity of foods, that could mean a macronutrient slant. It could mean total calories in and out. And that's going to include physical activity um, and what that looks like over the longer term. Mm -hmm. So not just one day where you're killing yourself in the gym, trying to burn a bunch of calories. If you
1: didn't have a – if your plan before wasn't actually a well-balanced plan, it was just some crazy, like, purge that you came up with, you may actually have stopped losing weight because you're underfeeding your body. Mm Mm-hmm. We talked about this before we started recording today, but if you're using a thousand calories a day to lose weight, that that will work in the short term until your metabolism starts to slow down and your body functions start to shift towards maintaining as much mass as possible so that it can survive. Yeah.
0: And if you want to know more about that, listen to our metabolism and metabolism episode, which was episode 44. Yes. It's a good one. That's all we talk about. That's all we
1: talked about. All we talk about. Uh, so you check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, please.
0: Is really the,
1: the phrase here. <laughs> well, I could talk about plateaus all day. Yeah, please do. You know, in strength training and just in training in general, athletic training. Everyone, every athlete, at some point will come to a feeling of plateau, a feeling where it's like, oh well, I haven't gained any. Uh, you know, I haven't gained any speed on my mile time. Mm-hmm. I haven't um, been able to make any more free throws (laughs) Sport. try to reference a sport I don't know anything (laughs) about basketball (laughs) or in the gym it might be like I have my back squat it's been the same weight for the last two years right so lots of things to consider when it comes to strength training plateaus the first thing just the first thing I want you to recognize is that adaptation is an important quality to understand When you first start doing something new, like if you just started powerlifting and you're brand new to the sport, your adaptation in the first six months to up to a year is going to be exponential. Your body is becoming exponentially better as it starts to adapt to this new stimulus. So you're going to go from maybe your back squat is 135. You'll probably shoot from 135 to 185 pretty quickly, pretty quickly Mm -hmm. within your first year. Uh, and you'll, then you'll – the problem is then you start to believe that a 50-pound gain is normal in a year's <laughs> worth
0: of training. No. It's not, unfortunately. Same thing with weight loss, right? I think we can make that parallel. Yeah. If you have a lot of weight to lose and that's your goal, in the beginning, it's probably easier to drop right. more. Exactly. And If then- you have
1: no stimulus – Yeah. Then when you start a new stimulus program, you're going to see incredible results immediately. hmm um, and those in, results could last for, for up to a year, maybe even more for some people. What does that rely on? Well, we've talked about this before, but it depends on your training age. For some people who come in and let's say you have two athletes. Athlete A is a former uh, college sprinter and has pretty well-defined muscle tone, has uh, been trained as a high-level athlete for their life, um, and then you have athlete B, who is has never been athletic before, never done anything, is uh, eats pretty pretty well on a nutrition scale, but has never thought about food for fuel. Uh, and then they start in a new program. Both of these athletes start in a new program. If you athlete A. Might start off with a higher one at max than everything because their training age is enough that they can re- they can handle new stimulus and they can handle heavier weight pretty quickly pretty early on, but athlete B is the one who's going to make a hundred pound progress in a year. Mm-hmm. So we might see athlete A and B both test their deadlift and athlete A tests out at two fifty on on their first try, athlete B try, tests out at ninety five, and then only six weeks later we see. Athlete A is now up to 255, and athlete B is now up to 185, mm. and that's a huge jump, right? Yeah. That's a big jump. But before that, a, that athlete B had no sense of how to tap into their central nervous system. They had no, their body had no ability to push beyond a certain boundary. Um, they, their muscles were not adapted to the movement. They, their maybe their motor control patterns were off. And athlete A came in with pretty well set motor patterns, had a good sense for how to activate their muscles, and was pretty strong in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember that. Your training age plays a major role in whether or not you're going to see large or small amounts of progress. So that would be my first thing to say is understand what a plateau truly is, because you may not have hit a plateau. (laughs) If you're putting on, if you're adding weight, consistently adding weight over the course of a year to your lifts, you are not in a plateau. Mm -hmm. hate to tell you that.
0: You have to look at that long term again. Yes.
1: Your growth window is just smaller. Yeah. It's just smaller because your body can only adapt to to a certain degree, you know? Um, So the thing, the way you can keep track of whether or not you actually hit a plateau is to manage your training window. For example, for on all your lifts or on all your runs or on all your athletic activities, keep track of your minimums and maximums. And notice how those change. So, for example, I personally like to be an Olympic lifter. When I first started Olympic lifting, my training window, I could regularly on any given day hit like a 40 kilo snatch. Mm-hmm. And my max at the time was like 45. And now, my, and then, and then let's say a year later, it went up to my minimums were like 48 and my maximum was like 55. Mm. And then I felt like, oh, I'm really struggling for a long time because I'm not hitting more than 55, 56. But my training window was moving up. Mm -hmm. Now my training window is moving up to like 58 to 66. So even though on the daily or in monthly or even over the course of six to eight months, I might not notice a big change in my one or at max my training window, my ability to hit minimum loads is going up. Right. That is gonna be a way better indicator of whether or not you've actually reached a plateau. Because yeah. a true plateau takes a, it takes some effort to hit a true <laughs> plateau. Yeah. Um you know you gotta be in the game for a while to really hit a plateau. But there are some other ways that you can that you may notice that you hit a plateau and, and ways you can get out of it. Um first you may hit a plateau if you are not sleeping enough. If you are not eating enough, and if you are overly stressed, which is what we already talked about, <laughs> what? you may see that when you come into the gym, you're making no progress, and in fact, you can lift less than or do less than you've done before. You're slower, you feel weaker than you did before. That may be because your out-of-gym life is out of whack. Yeah. If you're coming in expecting the same goals, but you're only sleeping six hours a night, you
0: are not going to get those same results. And you don't have to beat yourself up about that, right? No, you could
1: just take a time to walk away from that and focus on your sleep for a little while.
0: Yeah, it's just that clarity and awareness.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's imagine, though, for the rest of the conversation that we are in this perfect world where this this ideal athlete has good sleep, low stress, um, is eating really consistently, and has been. Let's imagine that that person has been doing the same things, sleeping well low stress, eating well, and then they're seeing that they're reaching a plateau. Well, there's a couple ways we can look at it. One thing you can consider, the first thing I would consider actually, and you can maybe think about this or expound on it, but if you've been increasing your muscle mass now for a while, your basal metabolic rate is going to change. You might require some more input than you're used to. You might need to actually up the amount of food that you're taking in in order to stimulate further growth in your muscle because as we talked about before in the metabolism episode you can't if, if your body is changing what it needs to process then you need to change
0: what you're putting in for mm-hmm. input you can't grow at a deficit and really i think a lot of people can because they find themselves in that very beginner stage yes. where they <clears throat> it appears that they are but really their body's just adapting to new stimulus yeah so after you've adapted to that can't grow in a deficit.
1: Right, and let's say you're somebody who, before you trained at the gym, you were eating salads and you were pretty, like, low carb, low fat,
0: low low protein, low food. You were (laughs) in a
1: low food diet because you weren't exercising. And so you were trying to do what you could to mitigate that. And then you started exercising, started strength training. Your body starts to adapt and build muscle because it's excited about that new stimulus and wants to grow and recover quickly. Then you get to about four months in, and you're still on a low food diet, and you are still attempting to train, and you're not making any progress anymore, the number one thing I would do is increase the amount of food that you're taking in, specifically increase the amount of protein that you're taking in, and fat and carbs. Just eat it more, just eat more food. And heavily take in more protein. Have it come from meal food that is yes. also
0: giving you nutrients. Too. Yes,
1: please. That would be the first place I would look if you're a new athlete and you've made rapid gains and then suddenly you're hitting a wall i would look in that that direction of your food if you've been around for a long time and you're an athlete that's been training for a long time and now you're seeing a plateau think more about fixing those macronutrient patterns like what types of food are you taking in because you might need to increase one and decrease another in order to really see a change maybe you don't have quite enough fuel when you're going into your workouts so you're not really taking advantage of the time that you have and you Choose to either increase your fats, or increase your carbs, or increase the bond protein that you get after a workout. But you might need to tweak when your nutrient timing is and what types of food that you're taking in. Mm-hmm. That would take a personal consult for sure. Like <laughs> there's no one prescription, but and every everyone
0: wants there to be one. I know. Like I, I, wish I could just tell you if you're
1: <laughs> if you hit a plateau and you've been working out for five years, eat this now. But then I would be selling something to you. Yeah, and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Sorry. sorry. And not sorry at Yeah, all. We don't rep RP strength or keto gains or any certain pattern. There's, it's going to be different for everybody. But if you are at that point, it's time to set up a console with Lucia or, you know, look into some programs and figure out what track, start tracking your food and figure out what can be modified to alter your progress a little mm-hmm. bit in the gym. Mm-hmm. So food aside, let's say you've gotten your food in order. Feeling good about that. Then there's a couple, there's the next route I would go is to think about if you are tend to be a uh, specific athlete or if you're more of a generalist. So are you somebody that just comes to the gym, you do whatever CrossFit workout there is, and you come three times a week, you always come Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you just hit up the general workouts for the day. If that's you and you are hitting a plateau where you can no longer see the progress that you want, you may need to specify.
0: I think a lot of people don't know that they can. Yes. Honestly.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. Mostly because, yeah, we always see our bodies as something that other people have the ability to control and and manipulate. And we forget that, like, we have total say over what they do and
0: how they do it. Or that even from, like, a a gym perspective, you, you know, you're coming in and your body, as much as, like, CrossFit, is about just, like, throwing new things at you all day. Every, you know day to day and even if that's within a general you know like a, a cycle eight week or 12 week it can still be such a novel concept to understand that you can actually adapt to that
1: yes right <laughs> to a certain degree yeah that's what i mean is like you don't have to just be a uh, sp- uh, on the wall and get splattered with stuff like you can choose you can look at what's available to you and be very specific about yep. it yep. so if you're the generalist who just comes in whenever you may need to start specifying your goals the first thing I would do is just write out what is it that you want? What do you feel like is the plateau and what needs to change? Do you feel like, oh, I've just plateaued in general? You may be dealing with some of those stress, sleep, mood, and nutrition factors long before you're dealing with anything in the gym. Mm -hmm. If you just have a general feeling of like, wow, I feel like I've really hit a wall, (laughs) I would look at all those other factors first. If you are getting those in line and you just feel like, wow, I really am not making progress on my back squat like I want to or on my deadlift like I want to, then you need to specify your goals. Once you've specified your goals, specify your movements. Make sure that you are choosing to participate in a progression that's specifically geared towards increasing strength in that certain area. So think about the muscle groups that you would use for that lift and then target them. Like if you really want to be good at bench press, then maybe you need to spend more time doing some push-ups outside of coming to the gym or when you're at the gym, when you're warming up, doing some pulling movements, doing some bodybuilding, upper body, bodybuilding, to actually work on those movements so you're not just hoping Mm -hmm. for the best. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of ways that you can change the way you're doing things. You can increase the number of reps. You can increase the intensity, increase the number of sets, change the weight. But I would just say do those in a very deliberate manner. Don't just like randomly try things. Decide, okay, I'm gonna do five sets of five pull-ups every week, and each time I'm gonna add more more weight or or decrease the band that I'm using.
0: And I think um, <clears throat> episode nine, I believe, with organics and overload. Yeah, and I feel like overload. Overload would be a good. Yeah, to yeah that would be a to. good episode
1: to listen to in terms of understanding how to program for yourself when you're trying to get to that point. Um. Once you've specified your goal and you have an idea for what to do, like if you want to, let's say you're that bench press person, start introducing some accessory movements that can, some variations on that movement that can help you, like tempo work, pause sets, deficits. Ooh. Ooh. We talk about this in Strict Strength, too, the Strict Strength episode. Yeah, it's
0: so many episodes to I know. listen to.
1: I know. But uh, start start offering some variety in those movements that can help you shake out of the plateau. Sometimes like in a in bench, for example, sometimes the plateau is literally a point in the movement where you are hitting your sticking point, where your your body, something is going on when the signal is not passing at a certain weight. And working at, right at that sticking point or moving through a tempo or increasing the range of motion, decreasing the range of motion, that can all help to, to shake things up and, and cause your muscles to adapt a little bit differently. And then also just include specific accessory work to target certain muscles. So like, if you're doing, if you did my pull-up programming, you would see that a large amount of that work is targeting specific muscles on your back and lats and helping you increase strength in in the smaller muscle groups so that you're not just trying to use your traps every time. <laughs> so true. Yeah, <laughs> You gotta address your weaknesses. When you're a generalist, you really have to understand how to address your weaknesses. Same thing if you're like a runner and you just tend to be somebody who, who just runs. You just go out for runs sometimes. That means you're a generalist. You just are. You run sometimes. If you're ch- looking to get faster, you have to specify. You have to start doing some speed work. You have to start tracking your your uh, your running cycle and make sure that you're running that you're actually retesting the same runs. That you're purposely trying to challenge yourself in specific ways. You can't just just exercise and expect to continually get better forever.
0: Same with food, yeah. Any like any of the stuff, just insert food or quality or yeah. quantity there. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, feel free to just exercise, just go for runs, just
1: come to the gym. That's all good. Yeah, that is fine. And please That's just awesome. eat food
0: too. Yes, right. It's just if there's a a certain goal.
1: Yes, if you're feeling like you're stuck, it might be because you're seeing it as just exercise for the sake of exercise. If you want, if you feel stuck, you got to push a little bit harder. If you're a a specific athlete things are a little bit different so if you tend to be somebody who is um like a powerlifter and olympic weightlifter or even a competitive crossfitter Mm -hmm. you would call those people specific athletes you should start thinking about actually introducing a little bit more variety into your movement patterns so something sometimes we'll see um olympic weightlifters throw in like one or two days a week of gpp general physical preparedness yeah which is basically just a little bit of crossfit yeah (laughs) like a crossfit workout (laughs) yeah because they know that by doing crossfit a couple times a week doing a HIIT workout some high intensity metabolic workout a couple times a week they're gonna introduce their body to the concept of strength under duress and when they get back to lifting, and they have to do a set of two cleans, two front squats, and two jerks, they'll actually have the stamina to get through it. Yep. Um, so they'll both have that, that strength, and they'll also have the stamina if they, they can include that accessory work. Um, on top of that, like I said before, include tempo, speed, and technique work. Go back and break down what was going wrong by slowing it down, or speeding it up, depending on what you're (laughs) trying to do. Um, If you're somebody who gets stuck in the bottom of your squat, spend some more time down there. Maybe do some pin squats where you're getting under the bar and starting from a dead position at the bottom and driving up from the bottom. Um, Don't expect to just keep doing the same five by five of your back squats and never seeing better results.
0: Would there ever be a time
1: for someone to deload? Hold on a second. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) That was my next step. Ooh. (laughs) When you are a specific athlete, and especially when you have an older training age, you've been doing this for a while, deload is an essential and critical part of your growth. Just say it again. Deload (laughs) is an essential and critical part of your growth. If you are not deloading, you will not get stronger. Mm -hmm. In fact, you will just probably get injured. Yeah. So
0: take a a breath and accept that. I feel like a lot of people do not want to hear that. Yeah. I'm in a deload
1: week, and I am loving it
0: (laughs) it's okay you can revel in it
1: yeah you know what's great about a deload week you are so much stronger the week when you come back and generally in your deload week in my deload week is when like I feel like a million dollars like this week I I hit a max I I PR'd my strict pull-ups just because I popped up on the bar and tried it right because I was feeling really good because I
0: haven't done a bunch of back squats right you were deloading your other movements
1: yes and all of a sudden, my body had excess energy to use. felt real good. Mm-hmm. Purposeful deload, um, also increasing your rest periods. So, if you're somebody who's on three days, on off one, on three, off one, you might change it so that you're on three, off two, on two, off one. Increase your rest periods um, after a hard training cycle, and you should also find a time every couple of months to take a full like three days off in a row to really give yourself true rest. Um, Also, changing your rest and work days, so actually surprising your body. Maybe you normally do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You rest Thursday, workout Friday, rest Saturday, workout Sunday, whatever it is. You might need to alter that and actually throw your schedule into
0: kind of a mix and see how that comes out. And that also, I wonder, too, if that can happen fairly naturally, um, season to season. To, yes, it right? definitely does happen
1: for a lot of people season to season or cycle to cycle. Yeah, But if you're somebody who is super religious about your times in the gym, <laughs> it might require you to take some some time off. Like, for example, today I woke up, normally I rest on Thursdays. I wasn't planning to rest today, but my, my mental state is built for rest. My body is desiring rest. So... Um, I've trained myself now to be very restful on Thursdays. So if I want to shake up my routine, I might consider working out today and resting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually forcing yourself to work out on a rest day and resting on a work day. It feels weird. It feels very weird. But it can help you really shake things up. Um, And within the workout, you might change the way you're cycling your rest and work set. If you're someone who normally likes to do five by five back squats and you always take five minutes rest in between your set, you might consider doing five by five back squats with two minutes rest, one right. minute rest, right? And just altering the way that you rest before, well, before and after you do an element. Um, and then in your, in your metabolic conditioning, being very specific about what you do. If you are trying to gain some more uh, sprint speed, if you're really trying to gain a little bit more fast twitch and drive, You know, choosing to do things like box jumps, sprints, um, double unders, things like that. Things that can push you to move a little bit faster, a little bit snappier in your metabolic conditioning. That will help. And then increase your mobility. Yeah. Good old mobility. Come back,
0: mobility. Yes.
1: Your fascia <laughs> can help you untap a lot of potential. If you are stuck... <laughs> You're not going to be able to see a lot of
0: progress if you're physically stuck. I've been um, coming back into my fascial flexibility and really making time for that. And I got to say, it goes a long way. Yeah, it certainly Just let does.
1: let it, let it. Because no, it does a few things. Number one, it reduces the amount of time you need to warm up. So it'll shorten your workout in general, and make you feel more productive. You'll be able to come into the gym and get warmed up and be flexible immediately without doing like 20 minutes of stretching yeah. if you're doing mobility after your workouts. Number two, you'll be able to get into positions more readily, and you're more likely to keep your position at a heavier weight. And likely
0: you won't get injured as much, so you might not be sidelined in the way that you weren't expecting. Yes. Right, as much as there is a room for deload. It's deload when you want it, not when you have to take it because you've got to fix something that's broken.
1: Yeah. The last thing I would say is
0: talk to a coach.
1: Get a (laughs) specific program because following the general programming – if it's not reaching the goal that you want, then it's time to be a specific athlete. It's time to move over and figure out what it is that you need to do to tackle your actual weakness. If you want to do that, you can email me, mm-hmm. hannah at sulkanafitness.com, and I can write you some personal programming. Uh, it doesn't cost that much, <laughs> and it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the, the overall thing that I think that we both are coming away with is that, number one, you may not actually be in a plateau. Your plateau might be more mental than anything else. It might be that you're rushing the outcome and that you wish you could just go
0: every three weeks and see a big, huge gain. And you feel sad that you're not doing that. Often it's committing to the little stuff. And that is what is going to be creating consistency. And that consistency yes. can get you a really uh, a, a far way along. <laughs> far along? Oh yeah. my god. I
1: mean, think about it. Like, if you're, if one of your nutrition goals is, OK, I want to make sure that I'm not uh, that not only am I continuing my, my food goals, but I'm also not um, drinking like I usually do on Wednesday nights with my buds mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You remove that day. Well, that might, the first two weeks, you might lose two pounds right away just from not doing that. Yep. But then it might take another six weeks before you even notice a difference. Yep. Same thing if you're suddenly introducing specificity in your routine and you're like, okay, well, every I'm going to make sure that every week I do a bodybuilding circuit First two weeks, then the third week, you're gonna feel really like, wow, I've gotten so much stronger. Then you gotta put in, you gotta continue putting in that time
0: mm-hmm. to see more gains. It's the not sexy work that it's, usually reaps the rewards after the first sure is. two to six weeks.
1: It's reps and time and and like specifically trying to reach that goal that gets you there.
0: And I think our culture is so much like, just try this out. And if you don't worry, you have other options, just try that out. And then just try that other thing out. But... I think if you can like allow yourself the space, the mental capacity to just like commit to something. Yes. And just try try that out. Instead of trying it out for two week two days or a week, try something out for six months. Preach. And then like just it's so it's okay to commit to something and try something out. As much as it's like scary, right? I see so many people who are really scared the first week of a challenge whether it's like a fitness thing or a nutrition thing and they feel different and they feel change and that feels really weird nine out of ten times you're seeking change so you're actually feeling what you're looking for it's just scary it's just scary because it's new but that'll stop being new and that's then where the plateaus come in but you're still reaping rewards Mm -hmm. just you got to give at that time
1: people all the time come to the gym and ask if we have a one-month membership (laughs) I know and my response it's like I understand why they're asking yeah I understand that it's scary to commit money to something that you're not sure about but you're not gonna see what I need you to see in one month yeah like you're not gonna feel what I need you to feel which is genuine change and a feeling of ownership in one month maybe if that's the case That's awesome. That means that you dove in head first and you were just ready to rip. But
0: you as a coach have to understand where the majority of your clients are coming from. Yes. And from that, it sounds like you've been informed that. It takes time. It takes some time. It takes
1: time to feel powerful. It just does. Mm -hmm. You you can't just get it overnight. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be scary when it feels like that power is waning Mm -hmm. in in, in terms of a plateau. But it's not.
0: Especially when it's new because you're like, oh, man, I don't want to go away because I don't want to go back to where I was before. Just remember you, you've built yourself a base. Every day. <laughs> yeah, you built yourself a base and like you being, let's say it's the weight thing and you're at like 150 pounds, whatever that means. And you were, you don't, you didn't want to ever go back to that number because that was a number that you hit during some weird time in your life. You in the current moment is not you five years ago. It's not you a decade ago. Right, and that right. 150 and what has informed this moment in time could be similar, but it could be so vastly different that it's, just, it's apples and oranges. Yes, indeed. So don't worry about it. Don't worry
1: about it, buddies. I mean, number <laughs> one thing is, like, if you're listening to this, you probably have not hit a true plateau. There are lots of things that could be shak- shaken up mm-hmm. in your world that could help you really quickly reboot that feeling of excitement or feeling of progress. Yeah. And maybe some of those things are outside of the gym. Maybe you just need more sleep. Maybe you need more personal time. Maybe you need to eat more. Maybe you need to stress less. And it doesn't have to be a negative.
0: It can be a really cool invitation to assess where you're at. Yeah.
1: And if you have all that stuff in order and you really are feeling like you hit a plateau, <laughs> it's time to shake it up a little bit. Yep. And enjoy it. Like, enjoy the process of really planning something for yourself that could bring you to a new exciting frontier of your of your strength.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> I was. I just had to bring this up. That I was. When I was like doing, you know, looking through other articles and stuff for the plateau episode, I was looking at. Uh, I, I always come across bodybuilding.com, which yeah. is like for some some reason the most popular online resource for like fitness news. Which oh, is
0: for very obvious reasons. A me. little unfortunate well, to me,
1: but the name. Yeah, uh, and one of the they had an article about plateau that I thought was pretty funny and maybe off off base. <laughs> And they said one of the reasons that you know you're not getting, that you're that you're stuck in a plateau is that you're not getting that same pump. <laughs> <laughs> that pump. So if you're not getting that same pump, you're really struggling to get the pump. Oh, you pump. You don't feel as juiced as you used to feel. Pump. It's time to change juice, man. Yeah, change that juice. <laughs> get that pimp. Get that pimp. Get that pimp.
0: Oh, wow. You Get me pimp up. He sounds
1: like, he sounds like Cartman.
0: Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Woo. wow, wow, what an app. <laughs> Take away, good pimp. Oh, oh no. Well,
1: look, everybody, this has been a great episode. Did your zoomed on by? Uh huh. Uh huh. Zoomed on by. And if you have, if you have more specific questions on plateaus based on that, like if you have a specific goal that you're trying to reach and you just can't do it. Ask us a que a queue. A queue. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Ask us a cue about a it. Queue. Send us a Twitter.
0: <laughs> Send us a, a Facebook. Actually Facebook us. That's yeah, better.
1: Yeah. Uh um on Facebook. Find us there. Put up something on our page. Message us. Find us uh individually on Instagram at funny lady pants for me. Mm-hmm. And at Essential Omnivore. I'm also on Twitter, but, like, I never use it. Do you yeah. use it? I, I use it. It's not really my thing. I, I get into it every once in a while. Yeah. Um, And then I don't really use it. But so you're best off finding me on Instagram. Yeah. And talk, chatting with me there. I'd be happy to answer some more questions on air for you about plateaus. Sweet. Until next week.
0: Yeah. Um, we hope you have an amazing... <laughs> week, this week. We hope you get some sunshine yeah. if you're in the greater Minneapolis area. Yeah, if
1: you're not, wow, that's awesome. Where are you <laughs> listening from? You <laughs> should let us know. Yeah. Um, thanks always to our lovely producer, Taj, who gave me the banana bread bre- recipe that I used today, yeah. Yeah. and it's the best. And it's from Against All Grain, originally, if you're looking for that recipe. Yep. It's the best. Yeah. It's so tasty. Uh, enjoy your week, and we'll see you next week for our
0: 50th episode. ooh! ooh. A oh, Cast. Sure will. See you then. Boop boop. Bye. Bye. cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit silconicast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. For full episode information, you can also visit our website at silkanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.